All right, so run sound first, and then everything everything's up already? And that's not blinking, that's solid. Alright, here we go. Today we're talking noodles and money. You're gonna learn something. Let's go. Uh, I can't never sleep, I don't got too many days. Uh, food for thought, feeding your success with the base. Uh, I can't quit the game, gotta focus till I finish. Uh, I was in the cage, yeah. Now I know I'm living. Uh, they be working hard, trying to keep you in the chains. Uh, if you got your mind charged, you ain't gotta stay. Woo! This is the Sam Jones Talks podcast, episode 18, How to Win. And I know that for many of you who are watching, you're trying to figure out the right path. What should I do? What does winning look like? What should I be learning now? You have a bunch of questions. Today, we're going to answer those questions. And to help me unpack that, I got the man, the myth, rockin' ramen personified Wayne Carrington. How are you, sir? All right. How you doing? How's good. everything? Doing very well. Glad good, to have good. you here today, man. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. So I want to ask you, like, I want to just jump right back to your youthful days real quick before right. we, we get to now. Not that you're not youthful. He's looking great. But I'd like Thank to know, you. have you seen any challenges coming up? Like some of the things that, you know, when you're younger, you're kind of trying to figure things out. You bump your head in the wrong company, doing the wrong thing. Do you have some kind of obstacles you had to overcome? Um, you know, I, I grew up in a very blue-collar family. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, my dad retired police officer. So growing up, um, my my brother and I, we had a, uh, a very good childhood. It was it was great, you know. Um, and early in life, my aspirations as a kid was to be a cop you know I watch my dad come home every day and you know it was just uh, listening to his stories and you know there's days he came home in his uniform and all the kids it was like the good humor man came home mm -hmm. you know and everyone if you guys if you guys can remember there used to be a good humor truck with a bell in it mm -hmm. okay so my father came home with a police car with a siren on it <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, you know, we would all run around and, and, and watching the neighborhood kids, you know, interact with my dad, it just, it moved me to want to do that. And while in high school, I had taken the test for the New York City Police Department. I was 16 and a half years old. Wow. Okay. Um, and at the time, it was 1981 that I took the test. And I scored out of 60,000, I scored a 98.75, which put me 12,000 on the list. But because I was only now 17 by the time I got the results back, mm -hmm. I had to wait till I was 20 and gonna be 21 by the time I got out of the academy. So with that being said, I ended up working for Wenco, which was Wendy's, um, the corporation. Okay. And I ended up as one of their youngest, at the time, youngest general managers. And I managed the store on 34th Street, Manhattan. Um, this is going back 1982. I went from a general manager to becoming an area manager to becoming a district manager, one of the youngest in the company at 20 years old. Uh, I was how, responsible. How long did it take you to? Um, it actually took about a year and a half. Wow. Yes. I had four locations. Um, one of the locations happened to be where they filmed um, Coming to America. Oh, the, wow. the McDowell's? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that was one of my stores. Wait, so wait, so I have to ask. Now, normally when people get promoted, it takes time, there's training. How did you move up in, in Wenco, Wendy's that Wendy's. is, 
how did you move through so quickly? Um, you do the work, everything else is gonna come. My father, in so many words, said the same thing. You, know, you put in hard work, you will get rewarded for it. And because of the hard work that I put in, because of the dedication that I put in, especially at such a young age. Now, what a lot of people don't know is that I had gotten married at the age of 19. Mm. So, yes. Um, and there were no babies involved. Okay? Important this to say. Is, yes, very important. Okay? It was, this was a marriage based on true love, you know? And I had to grow up faster than everyone else. Just to dig in a little bit deeper, because I know a lot of young people are always trying to figure out, well, how can I move up? I feel like I'm in a dead-end job. They may not see Wendy's as an opportunity to move up. So let's just dig in real quick. What types of things did you do to get you ready for promotion? What, what did that look like? I'll tell you the first thing. Well, uh, there are a couple of things that I did. Um, I was always on time. Mm. Always on time. Um, if it wasn't an emergency, I didn't call out because my friends were all going to the beach or, mm. you know, because tonight it was the big party. Because at the end of the day, that party is going to be over in about two hours and I just gave up. I just gave up my money. That's right. You know, I gave up the opportunity of, of, of being able to, to move up the ranks. You know, I watched other people. And that was a very big motivator for me. Mm -hmm. I, had, I had individuals, men and women, who were moving up the ranks within Wendy's. Back then, Wendy's was still a young company, okay? And, um, you know, people were going into management positions and within, you know, two or three months, they go from an assistant manager one to a general manager to an area manager to a district manager. I wanted that same opportunity. You know, and the only way that I was going to do that was to follow those who were already moving in that capacity. Okay, give me an example. I used to run track, okay? And whenever I went to a track meet, this one guy would always show up. And I would see him walk up the, the track, and he had his cleats on, and, and, you know, he just, I was like, man, I'm coming in second again today, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And then one day, my coach said to me, Wayne, I want you to just keep up with him, okay? Stay right next to him. Keep the pace that he is doing. If you're a second behind him, you're gonna achieve your dream. And my dream wow. was to break our high school record. Then it was to break my college record. And I said, wow, how can I take this and, and, and put it into my life, you know, in the workforce? So if you're the guy that's popping up in all those promotions and, you know, we have to look at the, 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 other, ex, ex, uh, uh, the other circumstances surrounding your moving up so quick, right. you know, you're not related to anyone, you know, it's not like your father's the, the, the vice president of the company. Right. So I'm watching you. I'm following what you're doing. You know, I'm talking to you, you know, speaking to people at your job where you may feel you're in a dead-end position sometimes you end up in that dead-end position or that feeling of being in a dead-end position because you don't think you're good enough mm. or because someone else may have that position okay and then what happens you start to pull back because you're 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 you get bored you get depressed you you you, you don't think that it's possible but I will tell you it is possible and Wendy's, for me, 
Wendy's for me was just the beginning of what I was about to pursue, not in, in, in just my work force relationship, but my relationship also as a husband, you know, as a friend. I, I put all these things together and the next thing you know, they started opening up. Wendy's was opening up in Long Island. They were opening up in Brooklyn, the Bronx, Queens. They needed people. Mm -hmm. So now who are they gonna look at? They're gonna look at that guy who's there, you know, every day he's supposed to work, volunteer if someone needs to take off. Oh, I was the first one. Right. I'll cover that. Right. You know, it showed my perseverance for what I wanted to do. And you know what? It's not what I wanted to do as a life career, mm -hmm. but I made it that. Wow. Every position I held in life, it was like that is the position that I I always looked at it, that's the position I'm gonna have for the rest of my life. So one of the takeaways is, if you wanna win, do what winners do. That's right. Because you set your eyes on this guy as the winner, in track, and even people that were getting promoted, and you just followed the process. I followed the process. So with regards to process, what was it like being a, um, an a you were a federal agent? No, 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 no. New York City detective. New York City detective. Yes. So what was that like? How did that come about? Um, so I went on, I, I ended up getting called. My father actually called me, okay? And he's like, Wayne, are you still interested in being in the police department? He said, your list number came up. And what I said, does that oh. mean? Okay, what that means is that 60,000 people took the exam. Out of the 60,000 people, I was 12,000 on a list of 60,000. Wow. But because of my age, I had to wait almost three years mm. to be called. Finally, I, I was 20 years old and I had to be able to graduate the academy at 21. Right. So I went in in June. I, it's a six month training period in the police department. At that point, at graduation time, I would have been 21 years old. So my father said, Wayne, uh, your list number came up. Are you still interested in being a cop? I was like, Dad, I don't know, you know, now I'm 20 years old, making $32,000 a year back in 1983. Wow. Okay? Company car. So I, I posed this all to my dad. I'm like, yeah, Dad, this is, you know, how's the police department? How much is the pay? Mm -hmm. And he goes, uh, okay, well, you're starting at 218. 21.8. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so from there, he goes, uh, but Wayne, you have a badge and a gun. You may not have a, a police car to take home now, but you will have your own company car every day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, you know, and, and I sat back and I said, you know, it's something I want to do. So I ended up, I ended up going and I got onto the job and I immediately, um, now I, I, I wanted to be what my dad was. Mm -hmm. And that was that, I mean, my father was involved in so much. My father did everything in the police department. My father was one of what they call the Black 12. Okay, my father went on a job in 1966 during the um, BLA, which was the Black Liberation Army. They were an offset of a group back then. Uh, they were not affiliated whatsoever with the Black Panthers, but they, the Black Liberation Army, in order to become part of their group, you had to kill a cop. So they hired these 12 black police officers, my father being one of them. Uh, they never went through the academy. They were pulled, they, they had taken the test, but my father happened to be working at a toll booth. Someone pulled up, handed him a business card, said if you want to be a you know, police officer, 
meet us at the Brooklyn Naval Yard, you know, next week at 8 o'clock. That's it. The guy drove off. My father went there, and there were 12 other guys. Wow. And they all went undercover. They all went undercover in the BLA. And as young as I was, I, I, I you know, to see my dad become a cop, not understanding that he hadn't gone through the academy and that he wasn't wearing a uniform, but I saw him put a gun on and, you know, went out the door every day. How do I do that? I want to be, I, that's what I want. If I'm going to be a cop, this is what I want. And um, I busted my butt. I did everything you could do in the police department. I worked what they call buy and bust, where you would buy drugs and then a group would go in and lock them up. Um, this sounds like a movie. I mean, yeah. Does this sound like Rocky <laughs> Ramen presents the next movie thriller? This is incredible. All right, so go ahead, tell me. So, um, so to, 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 to speed up the process, I ended up doing a lot of things that ended up getting me the shield, okay, which is every cop's dream, right? is to get that shield, you know, as a detective. And you do certain jobs in the police department in order to do that. With mine, it was going into the buy and bus program where I did that for six years. I mean, I did that for six months. After the six months, I got my shield. Mm -hmm. At which point, I then wanted to do other jobs in the police department. Mm -hmm. um, I did narcotics for a little while. I went from narcotics to counterterrorism. From counterterrorism, I went to um, OCCB, which is working with racketeering and, and mob-related um, wow. stuff. I did harbor unit. So your is, life was on the line pretty much at that point. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And uh, near the end of my career now, um, I ended up going back into narcotics where I worked undercover. And an incident went down in in in, uh, in Jamaica, Queens, uh, where I was injured, line of duty. And after an illustrious 18 years, I ended up retiring. Now, can we dig into that a little bit? Sure. So what exactly happened? You, you mentioned being injured. Yes. Can you can you explain? Uh, sure. I. Uh, it, it, and what's funny about it, it had nothing to do with what we were investigating. Um, it was just uh, two guys came into the establishment that I was working undercover at mm -hmm. in order to um, rob it. Mm -hmm. And within a split second, someone, I was behind plexiglass, um, a gentleman, jump, a guy jumped over. The, the plexiglass did not go up into the ceiling. Mm -hmm. There was a gap about so big. So they jumped up. They had a they had a gun and just started to open fire. Um, I took uh, one direct hit in my thigh and I took shrapnel, as you can see here. That's over here. And, um, uh, gun gun uh, gunfire, you know, ensued and two people. At the end, four people were shot, two deceased, and two injured. And I was no. one of the injured. Don't cry for Wayne. The story gets better. Hold on. So let's switch lanes. So right now we know that you're the king of ramen, rock and ramen. But how did that start? What, what's the beginning? Okay. So after I uh, after I, 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 I left the police department, I ended up going to. Um, I had the opportunity to work for several companies. One of them being Fat Burger. I went in there as a district manager. Okay. They were. Fat Burger in LA had just started franchising in New York and they needed someone in New York. Mm. Had a friend who was there and he asked if I was interested. Told him yeah, because they knew of my background with Wendy's. Mm. And 
I honestly did not want to go back into police work. You know, I just didn't. So many guys, when they retire, want to go back. I did not. So I ended up, um, I ended up working for Fat Burger for a little while. I just happened to be in Vegas, and I met someone who, um, a buddy of mine who had just gotten with a burger company that is now one of the biggest burger companies in the country, which is Five Guys. Yummy, okay. yummy. Yes. Uh, Five Guys, again, like Fat Burger, they, were, they had just sold franchises in New York, and they were looking for someone who could start out as a district manager and then work their way into a vice presidency. And I was chosen to do that. So I ended up, uh, you know, I trained in uh, Alexandria, Virginia. And then from there, I went, into Man I went into Long Island, opened up a bunch of five guys from there, went to Manhattan, opened up a bunch of five guys. And within several months, uh, within exactly eight months, I was promoted to vice president of franchise operations for the Northeast U.S. from Florida, Canada, Europe, and the Middle East. Wow. Okay. So, years go by, and I'm opening up five guys all over the all over the country. Okay, on the Northeast United States. Um, one day, I uh, I ended up in Dubai and Abu Dhabi, opening up some stores. I was gone for about. I was gone for about 30 days. Came home and my daughters had a movie called Ramen Girl mm. with Brittany Murphy. Mm. Sat down, watched this movie, and I was absolutely blown away by the concept of ramen. It just looked interesting. You know, we've all had the pop-top dollar ramen. We pour the water in, let it get soft and eat it, and it's all salty and bad for you. College food. There you go. College and jailhouse. Right. Yes, big thing in the jailhouse. So, I, um, I, I told my daughters right after the movie. I told my oldest daughter. I said, "Listen, Lainey, do me, Amia, do me a favor. Find us a ramen spot to go eat at. You know, we're here in Westchester." She looks, comes back, says, "Dad, there's nothing in Westchester." I was like, "Okay. Um, what about the Bronx? Nothing in the Bronx. Queens." Make a long story short, I did not want to go to Manhattan. Mm -hmm. It was a Sunday. It was raining. Let's just go somewhere local. Right. So, with that being said, I um, I went ahead and my daughter goes, Dad, I found a place in Manhattan, five stars. It's called Ipuro. Mm -hmm. I said, let's do it. What time do they open? They open at five. Let's get there early. Because if it's anything like the movie, it seems like everywhere you go, there was always like a group or a crowd trying to get in. Right. So... My fiance and I and my daughters drive down to Manhattan. It's pouring rain. We get there. It's about 4.15. There is a line from the front door, and they are on a corner. goes from the front door, one city block, down the next block. And my daughters look at me, and they go, what are you looking at that line for? I said, I'm looking to see where we could park. They said, Dad, it's raining. It's pouring rain. Those people are crazy. Wow. I said, yeah, they're crazy, and I, I think I am too. So how did you jump from that experience to you deciding, this is what I need to do? So the next day, I went to Hai Chan Ramen, I went to Sapporo Ramen, I went to Toto Ramen, I went to all of them. And everywhere I went, there were lines. So I, I event, and then it, it, that's when it hit me, and I said, you know what? I ended up befriending a couple of owners, and I wanted to go, and I wanted to learn how to do this. Mm. You know, no one. Everyone I befriended, no one would show me. The two gentlemen 
that decided, yeah, we'll help you, wanted to charge me. One guy wanted to charge me 150,000. The other one wanted to charge me 75,000 to teach me how to do what I do here now. Wow. I finally ended up finding a, a, um, a website that pulled up a bunch of ramen schools, but they were all in Japan. Mm. One, I, the one I found was in Osaka. So it was 4.30 or it was like three o'clock in the afternoon here, uh, or it was three in the morning here. And I knew that it was the afternoon in Japan. So I called, I got a guy and he said, oh yes, yes, we teach. He spoke perfect English. And he told me that, yeah, you come down, I can get you an interpreter. Um, we can even put you up and it's 3,800 bucks and it's a three week course. I called my job. I went and saw my boss, made an appointment with him. I told him, listen, I will need to take a month off. You know, I had been with the job now almost eight years and uh, I took a 30 day sabbatical. You know, I went on, told the family, love you. I'm going down to Japan and I'll see you later. I got to learn this ramen. So you clearly had a vision of what you wanted to do. Absolutely. Now, what would you say to a younger entrepreneur who's like, I feel a fire in my belly. I want to do something. I don't know what to do. There's a million things out here. How do you kind of get your mind centered on one thing to focus on? Okay. So you earlier had asked me about my video stores, right. which I did not get into. Um, and, and, and mind you, when I did my video stores, it was 1980, it was 1984. I had been on the police department, not even two years yet. Good music back then too, they, by the way. It's the best music, the best, okay? Um, I happened to be driving with a partner on Queens Boulevard. We saw a line basically going down the block at a store and it said video, it said uh, just plain video. Mm -hmm. Video stores were really not big at all then. It was, there was no Blockbuster, there was no RKO video, there was no, it was a little mom and pop shop. So my partner and I pulled over, we went up and we started asking people, what, what's going on here? They said, oh, we're renting videos. I said, renting videos, okay, let's check this out. So we went up to the front door, we go inside the establishment. Um, I happened to start talking to the owner and I knew of, and this is going way back now, before it was VHS, it was beta. Mm -hmm. And they had beta movies. Betamax? Betamax, yes. Oh, wow, you're very good. That's a big tape recorder. Yeah. <laughs> it looked like a big tape recorder. Yeah. So the lady explained to me, yeah, I rent movies, you know, da 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 And I, I'm like, wow. I said, you know what? I want to come work for you. She, she was like, what? You're a cop. She said, you have a good job. I said, yes, but, you know, we get to do things on the side, and I, I would like to learn this business. She said, you know, I don't think I can afford to pay you. Mind you. She was getting $99 a membership, $5 rewind fees, $5 rental fees, $2 late fees. Okay, I don't need to get paid. Wow. I wanted to just learn this business. And that's the first thing I'll tell anyone. You want to identify something. I don't care how crazy it may seem. If it's something that you believe in, then you need to do it. Mm. You need to just go for it. Because what'll happen, you won't do it, someone else will do it, and you'll see it on every corner. Mm -hmm. It'll, you'll start seeing it on television, you'll start seeing it in news, news ads, and you'll go, I wanted to do that. I was gonna do that. 
It seems like you jump in and you pull the trigger like you're not scared. Someone else may say, well, you know, I don't want to run into problems. If you had successes, you've had to have problems. What well, kept you going? The, the problems. The problems kept me going. How so? Okay. You're not gonna you're not gonna enter into anything without having failure. Mm. Okay. Failure is part of success. You know, all these billionaires who we know them for what they've accomplished. Right. We don't know them for what they failed at. Mm. Okay? Their failures are what help propel them. You know, 